Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you for giving, and thank you for joining us online. My name is Rick, and we're so happy that you've chosen to join us in this service and worship with us during this time. Last Sunday, we went to church. We shopped at a grocery store. We went for a walk. I watched the Raptors. That feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Each day this week, we've watched as different things in our lives were systematically removed from our day-to-day regular norms. On Monday, we woke up and the stock markets crashed and we had some fear that began to grow in our lives. And then on Tuesday, we went to the grocery store and we waited for two hours to buy anything that we wanted to buy. On Wednesday, we came home and we thought, let's watch a basketball game, and that wasn't possible by Wednesday. And by Thursday, we found out that our schools were going to be closed and all kinds of community services were going to take a hiatus for a number of weeks. And it's left us all very fearful, wondering what's happening in our world, how are we going to respond, and how are we going to make it through? I've heard a few people say, can we just, just shut the door, close the blinds on 2020 and move ahead to 2021? So far this year, we've had forest fires, earthquakes, health crises, all kinds of tragedies happening in our lives. And even followers of Jesus are starting to wonder what this means for us. Are there any of you right now that have stacks or hordes of toilet paper in your basements? Just be honest, some of you have participated in that. I know you have. But here's the thing about being a follower of Jesus. You can't be a follower unless you allow him to lead you. It's very basic. But that's critical to understand in seasons of life like this. You cannot follow Jesus without allowing him to lead you. And if you want to learn how to live, if you want to learn how to pray or respond in times of crisis, like we're going through right now, then you need to learn to be a listener first, be a follower first, and let Jesus be the leader of how you think, how you act, and how you move. And the wonderful thing is that the Bible speaks to times like this. The Bible speaks to how we are to respond when we're in crisis, and I'm thankful that there's truth in the Word of God. So I'm thankful that you've joined us online, because what that means is you're interested in hearing what the Bible has to say to us in the times when we're fearful, and how can we rise with faith when the rest of the world seems to be responding in fear. And this morning, what we're going to do is look at the lives of a story of some some people who were following Jesus, just like us, and they were shocked by a crazy situation that they encountered, and they, they were fearful that Jesus was not responding in the way that they would have wanted him to respond. And we're going to pull out some principles about how we can respond and how we can respond to others around us in our lives during this season. So pull out your Bibles. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. 
And you're going to want to leave it open there. We're going to be in Matthew 8. We're also going to look at this same retelling of the story that's found in the book of Mark chapter 4. But our key text is Matthew 8, 23 through 27. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation if you're selecting the translation on your app. And here's what it says. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. Have any of you felt that way this week? Like you've been hit with a storm and there's, there's waves that are crashing that you're not really able to manage. But Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> way to go, Jesus. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the wind and the waves obey him. So let's look at this story and pull out a few principles that we can apply to our lives and apply to how we're to function in our society when waves begin to crash all around us. And our first thought is this, if you're taking notes, storms can erupt in the midst of ordinary circumstances. I don't know if you saw the story that was shared this week, but one of the first public figures that came forward and said, I actually have coronavirus, was Tom Hanks. And he went public about his illness. And then I heard it about a hundred times as the story was being created. Well, that's life. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And Tom and Rita were dealing with this and they've gone into self-quarantine and they're just not sure how to deal with. But something erupted in their life in the midst of ordinary day-to-day. And this was a regular day for the disciples. They knew that storms were possible on the lake. They were, they'd been on the lake hundreds, if not thousands of times, but they weren't expecting it. If you've got your Bible open, just look at the first few verses of Matthew 8. There's a few sections there that actually happened. Jesus performed a miracle. There was a man that came to faith. Jesus had teaching about faith and life, and they were trying to comprehend what's Jesus teaching. This was all very normal things. For them to be participating and there was no sign of a storm so the disciples got into the boat and then a storm came and in this season i've heard a lot of people looking for cause and effect they would say god why are you doing this why are you allowing a storm into our world in this season is there something you're trying to tell us but but sometimes storms just happen There are specific times and specific reasons that we can see in Scripture that God has used the global disaster as a response to human disobedience or human action. There was was the flood in in Genesis, and we've got the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, but, but not every time we see a crisis or a storm come into our lives can we tie it directly to our behavior or can we tie it to an attack. And people all throughout history want to characterize their specific situation, the specific storm that they're facing as the worst thing that we've ever faced, or it's apocalyptic, or it's God's final judgment. It's happened with world wars, it's happened with 9-11, it's happened with plagues, and for sure, it's happening now in our day. And crisis does funny things to people's minds and people's response. And the disciples get into the boat, and they were trained as sailors. They, they would have been able to navigate this storm, typically. And they got in there with Jesus, expecting that things were going to be fine, until it wasn't. In verse 24, it reminds us that this fierce storm struck the lake, and the waves were breaking into the boat. And there's that line again, but Jesus was sleeping. 
And that's the thing about storms, is that they're not necessarily going to give you an advance warning. And when we least expect it, we're hit with a storm. And, and some could say, maybe we should have been better prepared. Maybe we should have responded more, more quickly, or we should have responded differently. And there might be elements of truth, and we can always be more prepared for things. But instead of looking for blame, and instead of looking for a reason for why we're dealing with what we're dealing, can we maybe take a step and say, you know, sometimes storms happen, and it's not necessarily the end of the world. Jesus allows storms in life, period. And Matthew's description is very vivid. A fierce storm struck the lake. And if you, if you look into this term, a fierce storm, it, the Greek definition is this, that it's an abnormal behavior of natural elements, but never the disturbances of the supernatural. The retelling of how Matthew wrote this was not for us to understand that God sent a storm. It was just a storm that came up. An ordinary storm, a fierce one, but an ordinary storm. And the thing is, is that the storm began to swallow up the faith of the closest followers of Jesus. Why me? Why now? What are we going to do? Many people have asked that very question this week. Those questions are questions of, of control. Could, could we have controlled things? Can I control things to a point where I'm protected or I can avoid this? And when fear and control begin to surface, it erodes our perspective on the situation. God allowed the storm. God was in the boat with the disciples in the midst of the storm. And he was going to journey through with them. Mark adds an additional piece of very pertinent information. Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bibles open, you can flip over to Mark. Here's what Mark records. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. Why does Mark add this when he tells the story? You know, it, it's good to remember that we're not the only ones in this storm. We're a community. We're in this storm together as a country. We're in this storm together as a world. And when a crisis erupts, sometimes we begin to lose sight of the bigger context and we just focus on how we're doing and what we need and we forget that we're in this together. There are other boats in the storm. You know, the very basic response of faith that we can have personally might be caring for the lives of those around us. None of us really know if we need to stockpile rice or if we need to stockpile bottles of water or, or hordes of toilet paper. But none of us as followers of Jesus should ever act in a way that violates the very laws of relationship that we as a church have been talking about over the last number of weeks, that we're responsible to each other. I have a responsibility to care for other people. I am in a boat around other people that I should never violate that law to care for other people for the sake of making sure I get what I feel I need. And God never promises that we wouldn't face storms. There, there is a line of teaching that if you obey, you will have blessing and you'll have a smooth and easy life as long as you just do everything right. And it, it's just not seen in Scripture that if you do everything right and prepare right, then you'll never face a storm. It's very hard to preach a gospel of prosperity in a week that the stock markets crash and we see people getting sick. God never promised that we wouldn't face a storm. God does promise that he will be in the midst of the storm 
with us. In verse 23, we see this. Jesus actually got into the boat. He would have known the storm was coming, but he gets into the boat. And wherever God sends us, he will lead us. He will come with us. And in this season of crisis, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I don't want to look at how can I get out of this. I want to say, Lord, if you've led us into the storm, then I guess we need to be here. And we need to remember that no matter what storm we're in, we will go through in the future. God is in control of that storm. We were just singing about that. That, Lord, you're in control and I'm only going to trust in you. And the disciples' response was actually very typical of many of us in a season like this. The disciples went and woke him up and said, Lord, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. We're basically running to Jesus and saying, Jesus, do you know what you've been missing? Have you turned on 680? Have you seen what's happening all around? Wake up, man. We're in crisis here. And if you don't do something now, then we're all in a heap of trouble. But Jesus not only led them into the storm, he was in the boat. What was he doing? He was at perfect peace in the middle of our crisis. Jesus was sleeping while everyone else is freaking out, totally unfazed by what was happening in the world around him. Because his strength wasn't derived from the stability of the weather or the stability of the boat. Jesus' strength was found in the relationship with the Father the power of the Spirit, knowing that God was in control. Are you able to make that same claim on a week like this? Have you been stable and unfazed, confident that your Father is in the storm with you? I've had moments when I've had to wrestle that down this week. I think we all have had moments where we've had to struggle with saying, Lord, do I trust only in you, or has my trust been shaken because of what's happened at the stock market, because of what's happened at Loblaws or Freshco or no, whoever? Lord, I'm having trouble getting my strength from you. Jesus wasn't reactionary in the middle of the storm. Isaiah 26 and 3 says this, The Lord gives perfect peace to those whose faith is firm. You don't need to let Jesus know what's happening right now. <laughs> when we go to prayer, when we gather together online in moments like this, we don't need to remind him that there's a global pandemic happening. He has allowed it, and he is in it, and he wants to grow our faith in the midst of it. Our God is one that is more committed for us to grow in our faith and grow in our character than he is to facilitating our constant comfort. We are very much about making sure we are comfortable at any given time, but God isn't as committed to that as we are. But he is committed to journeying through and allowing us to grow, and he allows storms that he will walk through with us. And when we get afraid of what's happening in this storm, and it, it begins to tear at the fabric of our faith, and we begin to lose sight of our, from our eyes on God, giving us that kind of stability... Don't let fear rock your faith this week or next week. We don't know what will grow. We don't know what the end of this storm will look like. Don't let fear begin to tear away your trust that God allows storms and he is in them with us. And which brings us to our second thought is that storms are opportunities to live by faith, not be swamped by the waves of fear. The disciples had succumbed to fear. They, they, were, they were terrified of what was happening around them. 
But do you know where I see Jesus in the midst of the storm that we're facing? He's in you and he's in me. He's placed his Holy Spirit in us so that we can be stable in the midst of a storm that our community is facing. He's waiting for us to represent him in the storm, to not panic, to not freak out, but to point people towards the only one who would ever give them trust and faith. Look, look at Jesus' words to the disciples in verse 26, Matthew 8 again. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and suddenly there was a great calm. And another English understanding of that, of that phrase, you have so little faith, is do you not yet have faith? The same power that was in Jesus, the Holy Spirit that was in him, was available to the disciples on that day in the midst of the storm. And later on in the disciples' lives, they would learn this. They would be the ones that would go on to pray for people and they would be healed. They would be the ones that would go and speak gospel truth to people. Thousands of people would find faith in Jesus because of the strong words and faith that the disciples would teach in the midst of their city. They would bring freedom and hope to people that desperately needed it. But on this day, in this storm, fear drowned their faith. Fear of what might happen, fear of not having control. And fear has this, this power to create all kinds of awful speculation. Somewhere, at some point, somebody decided that if you don't have toilet paper for the, uh, a supply of toilet paper for the next 28 days, you're in a heap of trouble. So you got to get to Costco at 10 a.m. every morning until you're one of the 20 people that gets to walk out with two 48 packs. Somebody decided that. Even though the government has told us, you know, there's a supply coming, it's okay, have your regular shopping patterns. Fear has taken over and shaped the way that we're thinking and responding. And it's limited our ability to have rational responses. Nobody has even said that COVID-19 will be the worst virus that the world will ever face. But many of us have responded in ways that fear has been leading us, as opposed to saying, let's let faith and good judgment lead how we respond in this. Is it a storm? Absolutely. Is it something we need to turn to Jesus to in the midst of? For sure we do. It's, a, it's something, a crisis that we're facing. But what has happened to the response of faith of God's people in the middle of a storm empowered by the Holy Spirit to be stable and look to Him and let God lead us? And the reason that we would hoard supplies or the reasons that we respond this way is because we can get security that way. It's something, it's something tangible. In the middle of chaos, it's nice to be able to hold on to something. At least I have this bottle of water that if all ends, I have a bottle of water. I can touch it. I've got hand sanitizer. I'm clean. The disciples were amazed, though, that the God that created the water had the ability to control the water. In verse 27, it says, Who is this man? Even in the wind and the waves obey him. You know that before God, there was no water and there was no wind? Why wouldn't he be able to control it? Why wouldn't he be in the middle of that? Before you and before me, there was God, and he gave us the air to breathe, and he created our bodies so in the midst of a crisis like that, shouldn't we trust that God is here and that he will continue to provide for us and lead us through it? 
You read that word amazed and you think, well, the disciples were amazed and they were excited that God was doing something. Go over to Mark 4 again. Look how Mark characterizes their feeling. And Mark was, was Peter's scribe. Mark 4 verse 41 says, the disciples were absolutely terrified, is how, is how Peter told Mark to write it down. Not, not amazed, like, wow, terrified. Who is this? They said to each other, even the wind and the waves obey him. And we get into these seasons and we're almost afraid that we can trust that God can do what he's promised to do. We're terrified. God, will you do what we need you to do? And every storm we face is an opportunity to either be led by fear or led by faith. I'm going to invite our team to come back and we're going to respond this morning in our homes, individually, saying, Lord, I don't want to be led by fear. Lord, I need you to stabilize my faith. I may not be able to touch it, but I have to open my heart and my mind to trust that you will be who you've promised to be, that Holy Spirit, you will sustain it through whatever we face. We get into these seasons and we say, and, and we get afraid like the disciples of, can we trust God? I want to challenge you to tangibly feel the Holy Spirit's presence wherever you are right now and say, Lord, can, can, can you help me know that you're here? Almost that I can touch you. Our prayer for our church and our community is that over these next weeks, whatever this, however this plays out, that we would actually grow closer to God. I'm going to invite you to join us online throughout the week. We're going to have times when we read the Bible together, our life journal reading passages together. Maybe you've never had a daily practice of letting the Word of God shape how you think. We're going to do that together as a community. Join us online. We're going to have times where we pray together so that we remind ourselves our eyes are not going to be on what the latest media post was. We're going to be informed. We're going to make good decisions. But that's not where our eyes are going to be fixed. That's not where our security is going to be. Our security is going to be in Jesus and in him alone. Do you know what the most repeated command is in the Bible? Do not fear. Isaiah 41, do not fear. I am with you. Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. John 14, don't be worried. Peace I leave with you. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil. Fear has gotten control of our lives this week. So the question for you and I to wrestle down with, will we allow it to have root in our hearts? Fear of the unknown. We don't have control. We've lost it. God has control. He hasn't lost control. I have faith that whether God brings us out of the situation or whether God leads us through the situation, he's in control. He will sustain us. He will provide what he needs. And he will grow our faith. And he will grow his church through it. It may get worse and we may face greater challenges. But, but whose am I? I'm a child of God. I don't need to worry about the storm that goes on around me because Jesus is in it with me and he's not freaking out. <laughs> he's actually at complete rest and peace knowing that he controls the storm. 
And if you're just joining us, you're not regularly part of our church community, thank you so much for joining us. There's only one place that you will ever find this kind of stability, and that's in a relationship with Jesus. And it's as easy as saying, Lord, I believe that you're God, that you're in control, and I'm going to learn what it is to trust you. And you can do that simply by saying a prayer, something like that. There's no magical word. There's no magical response. It's just saying, God, I'm going to learn what it is to trust you. I'm going to remind my heart and my mind that you're in control. As we respond in a time of worship today, we will stand in the face of fear and we will say, you have no control over me. I am God's child. God, you may choose to ride this storm out with me instead of causing the wind and the waves to cease. So be it. If you cause the wind and the waves to cease, so be it. Either way, I will not respond in fear. I will respond in faith because I am a child of God. Lord, I pray that faith rise up in the hearts of your church. I pray that faith rise up in the hearts of people that have never had faith before. That today, this week, be a season when we learn what it is to trust you, when we can't trust anything that's going on, when, when we're shaken, when the world isn't stable. Lord, we would remind ourselves that we are your children. God, I pray that you use this situation to bring people to faith where they've never been before. Lord, I pray you speak life to our hearts. Help us to hear you and understand you in ways like we never had. God, thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to come to you and hear you and experience you, Lord. And I pray that we would stand and be the presence of peace. We would be the bringers of hope and life in our jobs, in our communities, in our homes. And we would point people to faith through all things, regardless of what we faith, what face. We will be children of God by faith in Jesus. Thanks for watching today. Be sure to check out our other messages on this page, and you can also watch us live online every Sunday morning at 1010 a.m. Don't forget, share your story or send us a prayer request by emailing info at porticocanada.ca. You can also stay connected by liking our Facebook page or following us on Twitter at PorticoCC.